Jaya Jaya Sri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gaurabhakta Vrinda Jaya Jaya Sri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gaurabhakta Vrinda Jaya Jaya Sri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gaura Bhakta Vrinda Starting with text number what? Chaitanya Chandra Mani Lila Chapter 15 text Huh? 105. Marker was at 115. Is it 105 or 115? 112. 112. Okay. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then turned his attention to three persons Mukunda Das, Raghunandana, and Sri Narahari, inhabitants of the place called Kanda. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the son of Mother Sachi, next asked Mukunda Das, Are you the father and your son is Raghunandana? Excuse me. You are the father and your son is Raghunandana. Is that so? Or is Srila Raghunandana your father and you are his son? Please let me know the facts so that my doubts will go away. Mukunda replied, Raghunandana is my father and I am his son. This is my decision. All of us have attained devotion to Krishna due to Raghunandana. Therefore, in my mind, he is my father. Hearing Mukunda Das give this proper decision, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu confirmed it saying, yes, it is correct. One who awakens devotion to Krishna is certainly the spiritual master. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu became very happy just to speak of the glories of his devotees. Indeed, when he spoke of their glories, it was as if he had five faces. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then informed all his devotees, please hear about Mukunda's love of Godhead. It is a very deep and pure love and can only be compared to purified gold. Mukunda Das externally appears to be a royal physician engaged in government service, but internally he has a deep love for Krishna. Who can understand his love? Purport. Unless Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu discloses the fact, no one can understand who is actually a great devotee of the Lord engaged in his service. It is therefore said in the Chaitanya Charitamrita Majja 2339, Tanra Vakya Kriya Mudra Vigyeha na bhujai. Even the most perfect and learned scholar cannot understand a Vaishnava's activities. A Vaishnava may be engaged in government service 
or in the professional business so that externally one cannot understand his position internally. However, he may be a nitya siddha Vaishnava, that is, an eternally liberated Vaishnava. Externally, Mukunda Das was a royal physician, but internally, he was the most liberated Paramahamsa devotee. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu knew this very well, but ordinary men could not understand it for the activities and plans of a Vaishnava cannot be understood by ordinary men. However, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his representative understand everything about a devotee, even though the devotee may externally pretend to be an ordinary householder and professional businessman. Text 121. One day, Mukunda Das, the royal physician, was seated with the Muslim king on a high platform and was telling the king about medical treatment. While the king and Mukunda Das were conversing, a servant brought a fan made of peacock feathers to shade the king's head from the sun. Consequently, he held the fan above the king's head. Just seeing the peacock-feathered fan, Mukunda Das became absorbed in ecstatic love of Godhead and fell from the high platform onto the ground. The king, fearing that the royal physician had been killed, personally descended and brought him to consciousness. When the king asked Mukunda, where is it paining you? Mukunda replied, I'm not very much pained. The king then inquired, Mukunda, why did you fall down? Mukunda replied, my dear king, I have a disease like epilepsy. Being extraordinarily intelligent, the king could understand the whole affair. In his estimation, Mukunda was a most uncommon, exalted, liberated personality. Raghunandana is constantly engaged in serving Lord Krishna in the temple. Beside the entrance of the temple is a lake, and on its bank is a kadamba tree, which daily delivers two flowers to be used for Krishna's service. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu again spoke to Mukunda with sweet words. Your duty is to earn both material and spiritual wealth. Furthermore, it is the duty of Raghunandana to always engage in Lord Krishna's service. He has no other intention but the service of Lord Krishna. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu then ordered Narahari, I wish you to remain here with my devotees in this way. The three of you should always execute these three duties for the service of the Lord. Purport, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu set forth three duties for three different people. Mukunda was to earn money and follow the, the religious principles, whereas Narahari was to remain with the Lord's devotees and Raghunandana was to engage in the Lord's service in the temple. Thus, one person worships in the temple, another earns money honestly by executing his professional duty, and yet another preaches Krishna consciousness with the devotees. Apparently, these three types of service appear separate, but actually they are not. When Krishna or Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the center, 
Everyone can engage in different activities for the service of the Lord. That is the verdict of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. So that ends that little, that comes the next group of people, Sarvabhoma and his brother. Lots to say about this. Um, repeatedly in um, Prabhupada's purports, his writings, uh, he would use the phrase, under the guidance of an expert spiritual master, or under the guidance of a spiritual master, uh, perform prescribed duties. And the performance of prescribed duties, for some, that's, that's it, that's the essence. And for the devotees, that's not the essence, but it's not a zero either. Prescribed duties are to be performed. And here we are on the, the topmost platform of prescribed duties. That is, in case of Mukunda, he's topmost devotee. And at the same time, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was not saying, you know, just be a topmost devotee, Mukunda, you know, skip it. Just hear and chant and be in ecstasy. He's giving him an assignment of service suited to his nature. Um, now, it's certainly possible that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu could have instructed Mukunda, you're very qualified, you don't need to continue this anymore, you can just engage in bhajan, or you something or some other instruction. So, instructions are given according to one's nature, and that's the psychophysical nature, and at a certain stage of life, that psychophysical nature, kind of like a whatever that phrase is, when the, 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 the a, a rocket ship casts off its previous jettisons um, at some stage and moves on to another stage. So, at some point in time. Um, not karma sannyas, but um, vanaprastha and then sannyas. Still, in vanaprastha and sannyas, one has a nature, and one is uh, suited for different, different, different services according to nature. But then, the, the, the service according to nature is no longer the essence. That is to say, the the essence has become matured. So. He, Mukunda Das, is, at least this is my understanding, he's, he's uh, being instructed in such a way that he's setting a nice example. A householder who has a psychophysical nature and he's engaging in activities to set a standard according to his psychophysical nature. Something like something like Arjuna, he had his psychophysical nature. Of course, Krishna said, you're, you're not qualified to desist from your duties. 
You're obliged to perform your duty. Your duty is a chatriya, perform your prescribed duty. If you don't, then there's sin. And performance of prescribed duty, <coughs> there's no sin. That's a karma without reaction. So different duties, that's the external part. It's very obvious from this description is um, along with the performance of prescribed duty is this stage, at least the stage that Mukunda had achieved. It's very explicit. He was in the spontaneous devotional platform. He was an ecstatic love of Godhead. So th this is this is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching. This is our Gaudiya teaching, the Raganuga teaching. But the practice of Raganuga, even for one who has achieved that stage, is there's still some duty that's observed. Now, obviously, like this example when the peacock feather was a peacock fan was shown, he uh, was unable to continue with his duty. <clears throat> he fell to the ground in ecstatic mood. And there's no sin incurred because he wasn't doing his duty of assisting the king with his medical needs. That is to say, according to Rupa Goswami's teaching, when there when one has come to the stage of bhava-bhakti, if there's something that interferes with that ecstatic expression of devotion, there's no sin incurred for neglect of some duty, but it's not, okay, now I'm in this ecstatic position and I can just throw care to the wind. One doesn't do that. Therefore, one who is, is on this platform that Mukunda was on, ordinary people couldn't understand because he would just carry out his duties as if he was one of us. And that's part of the Raganuga stage. One does continue to carry out prescribed duties as if, uh, like, like Raghunath Das Goswami, wonderful example, how, what, what was the platform of Krishna consciousness of Raghunath Das Goswami? Who can say? Our Prayojana Guru, but he's honored again and again as so firm in his vows. The expression is given like lines in stone. The lines in stone don't move. Raghunath Das Goswami throughout his life continued fastidiously and carrying out his vows, Haridas Thakur, same. It, it, and it's not, not attachment, but, uh, you know, it sounds like attachment, that, that uh, he couldn't take Mahaprasadam because he hadn't completed his chanting. But uh, how can I not take Mahaprasadam because that would be offense, so just a morsel and carrying up because of that stage of carrying out prescribed duties on the what does it look like on the on spontaneous platform we can see from the example some examples in scripture what that looks like 
and we're not to imitate, but we can get a sense of what it looked like. And continuing in the frame of prescribed duties is a stage of life. And then there's another stage of life, and then there's another stage of life. And those stages of life are part of the system that Krishna has given to us. So now back to these, there's three different persons. And the, the, it's, it's um, significant that a common description of this passage is the Hare Krishna movement requires these three. Devotees that are engaged in deity worship, devotees that are engaged in earning livelihood to maintain and support the, the service to the deity and the preaching mission and the Hare Krishna movement, and then persons that are engaged in the preaching mission. Not that there aren't other categories, but those are three very significant categories. And they're family members. This one gifted in this way, that one gifted in that way, another one gifted in another way. Raghunandana's gift in deity worship was also on the spontaneous platform of love of God. Some nice description of that found. When his father... <coughs> went away for some service, he entrusted the service of the family deity to his young son. And the young son, by his sim sincerity and simplicity, when making the offering to the deity, and he didn't see that the offering was being taken by the deity, he began to cry, please accept. So the deity ate the offering. And when the wife came to see, the mother came to see, where's the offering so that your father, when he returns home, he'll have something to eat. He said that the deity ate everything. So when the father came home and there was nothing to eat, that's, 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 he asked his son, the deity ate everything. He was thinking maybe he just was hungry, he's a little boy. So here's another offering, go ahead. The same thing happened. He watched and he saw half-eaten ladu on the plate from the deity taking. So, inducing the deity to eat in a way that a little boy could understand the deity can eat. There's this interesting... Uh, description just read yesterday when Lord Varaha is being offered prayers by the sages after he's rescued the earth etc killed Hiranyaksha sages are offering prayers to him and they speak of his body Varaha's body being the body of Vishnu and uh, transcendental form and then they speak of the different parts, his tongue, his eyes, his ears, as plates for offering. So 
Of course, we know the senses of the Supreme Lord, they're transcendental, and one sense can do anything any other sense can do. Angani yasya sakalendri vritti manti. So when offerings are made, he doesn't need to eat like we eat. He can eat this way or this way or however he wants. And his senses are interchangeable with one another. That's pretty mysterious. But that's the Supreme Lord. So the deity didn't need to eat. But in reciprocation with Raghunandan's love, he did. Now, that's pretty special. There's somebody somewhere, I won't say where, uh, they do worship in their home like the standard of worship in the temple. And it's just one person doing the worship. They're really devoted to their deity. And they've been doing that for, I don't know how many years, 15, 20 years, like so many offerings and RTs a day and so forth. And they're, they're very, um, they're not, you know, rah, rah, rah kind of persons. They're very simple. They're... So I started probing a little bit. You must be experiencing something. They smiled. <laughs> and so I didn't feel like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. So, but after probing a little bit, they shared some exchanges with their deity where their deity wanted them to know that they were accepting their offerings. And I can't remember exactly, but something similar, just like the offering was gone or part of the offering was gone. And they knew very well that they placed these items and part of the offering was gone. Something like Mother Sachi when she was making offerings to the deity and she called the Lord and the offerings were gone and she thought, oh, I must have been, had a lapse and put it, went back to the kitchen. Sure enough, it was no, so sometimes there's not like, if it doesn't happen, you're not favored, you're not, there's no love, loving reciprocation between you and your deity. But if those things do happen, it's just an external show of the reciprocation between you and the deity. And Raghunandan had that capacity. There's other examples of his capacity. But with that capacity, then it became not just a regulative activity, it was an expression of spontaneous love, his worship of his deity. And Narahari, we sing Narahari's name in uh, Gorarti. And he was in a very elevated devotee. We don't hear so much about Narahari, but he was a very, very intimate, very dear, very elevated devotee. There's so many of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's associates we don't hear so much about, but nice to say something wonderful about Narahari. Very elevated devotee. So he stayed in um, Puri with all the elevated, renounced personalities in Lord Chaitanya's association. Details are, I'm not familiar with, at least it's not in Chaitanya Charitamrita, but that's what he did. 
And whenever there was kirtan, he was in kirtan. And whenever there was discussions, he was involved in discussions. He wrote uh, a reasonably well-known book in the Hare Krishna movement, Krishna Bhajanamrita, describing the etiquette between guru and disciple. Very interesting. Um, he, he was accepted during his time as he was in, in uh, the place where he was residing. He was the, the preeminent personality. Although some of his time he didn't remain always in Puri, he went back. And so um, very much revered. And so in his was the preaching mission or hearing and chanting and giving the fruit of hearing and chanting to others. That's what Narahari did. So he was um, a place of shelter for many, many because of his seniority and his wisdom and his intimacy with Lord Chaitanya. Very special personality, very special place place of residence and uh, the combination two brothers and one son awesome place where they resided and one can understand during the time that they were present Vaishnavism was very high by their presence and their influence and even today when you visit the place you, you, you. These, this house. I, having gone there a few times, each time there's a palpable spiritual presence in the place. Just because they were there, engaged in devotional service, and then in turn, you know, many generations have passed. But it's a really simple place, and very exalted devotion during their time and carried on through, fortunately, carried on at least to, to a reasonable degree toward the present time. So, it's simple, not long purports, it could be long purports very easily, but these, each of us, we also have some duty, and sometimes Prabhupada would encourage this group, and then the pe people over in this group would go, this is it. This is, this is topmost. And then that would kind of like poo-poo the other, condescending towards others that weren't doing the, the topmost. That's eh, okay, but you were the topmost. And then over, the, so, and then another group and another group. And, you know, so groupism is unwholesome. It, 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 it can happen. And this is a nice passage to help us understand. Uh, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu had great regard for all three. And so th th this little simple message towards the end of the, the purport. Apparently these three types of service appear separate, but actually they are not. Well, they're separate. 
this is not the same as that is not the same as the other. They're separate. There's distinction. But, so what's the unity in the diversity? That's the nice topic. Unity and diversity. It's the, the, the pleasure. Whatever, whatever Krishna has given, whatever Krishna has given each one of us, that's a gift. And we use the gift that Krishna has given and give it to Krishna. That's the unity. And appreciating this gift and appreciating the giver of this gift and that gift and the giver of that gift, that's the unity. That's the, 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 apparently these three types of service appear separate, but actually they are not. When Krishna or Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the, the center, everyone can engage in different activities for the service of the Lord. That is the verdict of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. This is our postgraduate study of this principle. The principle is described same in Bhagavad Gita, expanded further in the Bhagavatam, beautifully portrayed here. This nice exchange with these three devotees. So let's see if there's some discussion on this. You give the description. Give it to him. Give it to him. Go ahead. No, I want to hear from you. He's going to turn the volume. Okay, go ahead. Hare Krishna. Thank you, Maharaj. Uh, I have a nice descriptions. About Narayishar Kathakos, just I want to hear from you about uh, his another one books is uh, Bhakti Ratnakar, uh, which one uh, he was describing and glorifying his uh, single devotee and his qualities uh, with a, it's called Tarangas. His Tarangas have a different, different pastimes. If you can, uh, a little bit of, give a description about that. I wanted to hear from you, but... Um, my understanding about Bhakti Ratnakara is, is quite limited. My understanding is simply this. Like Chaitanya Charitamrita is a description of Lord Chaitanya during his presence and his associates, Bhakti Ratnakara is kind of like chronologically a sequel of what happens next, largely. And that is the associates of Chi Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and the associates of those associates of Chi Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. What were their exchanges? It's, it's, it's a similar narration of wonderful, wonderful, wonderful exchanges between those associates of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and the subsequent associates of those associates. <clears throat> and he, uh, you know, 
knew, and most likely, I don't know the history, but most likely he was requested to do as Krishna does. Kaviraj was requested to do, to preserve for posterity, and so that's what he did. Very fascinating. Now, the, and one other thing that I'm aware of, at least I have heard, I'd, so I'm not an authority, this is not an authoritative statement, but what I've heard is that the, um, <coughs> Chaitanya Charitamrita is paramount in its authoritative nature, unassailable, unquestionable in our Gaudiya tradition. And subsequent and other renderings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pastimes don't hold the same authenticity or impeccable credibility and things like that. There's sometimes, you know, well, some a different version of events, which is understandable. So it's, that's more of an appreciation of Krishna Das Kaviraj's exalted position than anything else. Anyone else? Okay. Yes. We have uncertainty about our prescribed duties or what we're doing now. Or ah. What we could or should be doing. Um, so, how do we, you know, how do we work through those times? Well, Guru Sadhu Shastra is a good start. And so, if somebody doesn't have. Guru, they, they, they need to establish such a relationship, find such a person in, in whom they can invest and read, this, read Prabhupada's books. And reading Prabhupada's books, emphasis on reading Prabhupada's books doesn't mean don't read other things or don't read biographies about Prabhupada, but you know, that's the, the gold standard is Prabhupada's books. Because through, through other biographies about Prabhupada, then, of course, it's biographical. It's through the lens of the observer. And different observers will observe the same event in a different way because they have a different lens. So if you're going to, if, for one who wants to go down that path to get a sense of, like, how do I navigate carrying out my duty and for that matter what is my duty in this particular circumstance then um, get the big picture as opposed to something over here that resonates with me so that's it without knowing the big picture of different 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 circumstances and different renderings of or observations of the same circumstance In other words, there's principle and there's detail. And very important is to recognize principle and not 
think of the detail as a principle. You can get confused when without that. So, so there, therefore, guidance, Guru Sadhu Shastra, and, and being taking the time to read very carefully. Because it's not just like then you have the right set of information. There's also, and more importantly even, is the, the condition of purification of heart that allows the, the material contamination to be cleansed. And in that material contamination cleansed condition, to be able to discern better duty in different circumstances. Super soul channel has got a better signal over there. When there's a heart that's been cleansed by the Shravanam Kirtanam process. Just yesterday, uh, just responsive to your question, just yesterday I was spending a good a good number of hours going over the um, the exchange between Dhruva and Swayamvamanu, and you know here we have what to speak of us. Dhruva was a perfected being. without all the elaboration of what that means. He had received such mercy and still he got angry. He was like in this uncontrolled anger situation. And Swayambhuva Manu, you know, there, there are three layers of things that Swayambhuva Manu had to say to like get him back on track. And it worked, just the message of the elevated Swayamvamanu got him back on track. But back on track meant <clears throat> he had forgotten Krishna. <laughs> because that was like the final thing. Hey, you know, you're a pure devotee, remember? <laughs> and you got Vishnu's blessing, remember? So like, don't, don't forget Vishnu. Think of Vishnu. Fix your mind on Vishnu. And meanwhile, you've offended Kuvera and Lord Shiva. You better fix that problem. So, you know, Kuvera saw him control himself, and then Kuvera came and blessed him. You know, you're sinless. So, what to speak of our position? So we can easily get carried away with something because of... Um, our, we're not purified like Dhruva was purified. But having um, exalted persons who care for you <clears throat> and extend themselves to you, that can then help do the course correction. I mean, it's not always going to happen just like that, but certainly that's, that's a really valuable resource to help us uh, be more clear what our duty is. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. You mentioned about 
oh, you know, the, the story of reciprocation from Raghunandan and his uh, deities and then another, another person. So we often feel small ways, little, we feel, oh, you know, touched by Krishna or, oh, Krishna, accept that, just in little things. Yes, 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 yes. And, you know, how, how that's sometimes, that's encouraging. Yes. Um, but I was wondering if you could share a time, perhaps, where you felt... Uh-oh. <laughs> where you felt that from Krishna. I forgot, my mind just went blank. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing coming to mind. My mind is blank. I'm sure there's times. Something coming to mind. <clears throat> just, just the idea of us being kind of, um, maybe you could speak a little bit about this, just the consciousness of being aware that we may be able to feel Krishna's reciprocation in different ways and how well, I, to I, look I, for I, that I, or not <clears throat> to expect it. But to this isn't at all what you, you know, here's left field. There was, <clears throat> there was a period of time in the Hare Krishna movement <clears throat> when many devotees, most devotees, at least one form or another, were engaged in book distribution. There was a period of time, for, for example, that the, the BBT, it was, then it wasn't BBT, it was ISKCON Press. It was in New York. And they figured, you know, we're doing Prabhupada's books. And <clears throat> there was a system of everybody goes on book distribution on Saturday. Everybody, the whole temple closed down. Temple president, just one pujari. Rukmini was the one pujari that stayed back and took care of the deities. And everyone else went out. The cook and this one, that one, everybody. Ah, the building's empty. So the press was over there. And, you know, so they, there was this discussion with Prabhupada. And he said, no an hour a day, book distribution. So they decided they would go on Saturday and make it the hour a day. So, uh, the, those that were like full-time book distributors, I was always this like little puny guy. <clears throat> I was never really good at book distribution. I was dedicated to it because I knew it was pleasing to Prabhupada, but you know, there were Maharatis and I was this little flea. So, <clears throat> There was this kind of gold standard of distributing 100 big books in one day. So, long story, but finally I did it. And I was coming home thinking, you know, Krishna made it happen, but, you know, what's the standard of pleasing Krishna if I'm thinking, yay, I did it? <laughs> That's just false ego. So that I was appreciating that Krishna was giving me that realization. It's, it's more, you know, wishing to have some goal in your service to Krishna. Let's say it's, you know, Janmashtami or it's a festival time and you wanted something. The, the, the cooks want to do something, the pujaris want to do something, the kirtan people want to do something, and it's all this grand... But it's, so having a goal is good, but it's not like... Don't forget Krishna when you're doing that. It's, all, it's meant for his pleasure. And if he makes it happen, it makes it happen. If he doesn't make it happen, he doesn't make it happen. And that's just fine. You want to please Krishna. That's, that's, 
little appreciation of that because it was a big deal because I was a flea and everyone was doing their hundred books a day on a regular basis I mean not regular basis but special occasions so finally the flea got there and what's the meaning anyway Krishna made it happen otherwise how can a flea do that but Reveling in that achievement, it's the it's the Krishna's mercy, and so the Krishna's mercy came with that realization also. It's pretty small. I don't know why my mind went to that place. Shri Prabhupada, keep. Thank you.